So we're, we're back on relationships this morning, and uh, all of you need a lot of help in relationships. You do. Tell the person next to you, you need a lot of help with relationships. And if you don't, it means you're Jesus. And as I say, you sure don't look like him and you don't behave like him either. All right. So what I'm believing this morning is I'll say a lot of stuff, but you don't need a sermon. Come on, church. Aren't we over sermons? I hope we are. You need to hear just one thing from God. It's going to help you in your relationship world. Just one thing. Don't, don't listen for a great sermon, please. Listen, tune to the voice of God. Come on, right now, tell yourself, I'm going to tune to the voice of God. He's going to speak to me something this morning. It's going to impact my relationship world and make it so much better. And what you hear will be different. Everyone's going to hear something different. All right? So let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, right now I'm asking that you'll speak to every person in this building, in-house, online, wherever they are, and Lord, that they will hear clearly, Lord, a word from you. It's going to help them in their relationship world. Lord, I pray that you give us ears to hear. Lord, uh, hearts to receive, but then, Lord, the ability to do something and obey and put into action what we hear this morning. That we'd be doers of the word, not just hearers only, uh, deceiving ourselves. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Grab a seat. So uh, I uh, read read a few little quotes here. Well, not quotes, but statements. Uh, First one is, sometimes I look at my boyfriend and think, He's one lucky guy. Here's another one. I told my wife she should embrace her mistakes, so she gave me a big hug. Just to recap for a a few moments, society has placed a huge focus on physical fitness, and most of us do some of that now because it's come at us so much. Got to be fit, got to be fit, got to be fit. So we responded, most of us anyway. But the Bible puts far greater emphasis on relationship fitness. So you're far better to be relationally fit than physically fit because relationship fitness is going to impact your life uh, far, far more. But we know that this is a massive challenge. And so I believe the word God's given me for this year is that two things. One, we're going to see relationship miracles. And please, once you have one, please send it through to us. Email us so we can encourage one another. So we're going to see that. But secondly, I believe God's going to improve your relationship world. So your relationship world is going to get better. You're going to have more skills in that area. And hopefully you can put uh, some relationships in order that maybe right now and not quite as they should be. How many of you have ever been in an elevator that's quite full? They're interesting places, aren't they? You know, you walk in <clears throat> and you try not to look at anybody and you certainly don't want to touch anyone because that would be kind of like wrong. So what you do is you just look at the numbers going up to all the rest of it. So I read the story of this guy 
it was, the place was full, the elevator was full, and they said, you're not coming in here, are you? And he said, yes, I am. So he walked straight in, and the doors closed behind him, and he couldn't turn around because it was so full. And he looks at everybody and says, you may be wondering why I have called this meeting. <laughs> and everyone just cracked up and started laughing, <clears throat> and then people started communicating and talking to one another and relating. And I think an ele elevator is like a microcosm, microcosm of our world. Impersonal, isolated, somewhat unfriendly. And it's, it's a real challenge because relationships mean so much to us. You know, we're wired for relationships. It's in our DNA. <clears throat> God's put in you a very deep need for relationships. So if you feel that need, it's because it's God-given. <laughs> Don't fight it. <clears throat> Just make sure you get it from the right places. <laughs> Just saying. Well, that add that extra point for you just there in case people start looking in the wrong directions. So we can be surrounded by people and not feel connected, not be in community, not be in relationship. We can be in a church and not feel connected with other people. That's why we talk a lot about being a part of a small group. It's so important. So one of life's greatest skills, I believe, is to handle relationships and resolve conflicts. Uh, 85 years of research, I told you this last time, concluded that strong relationships are what make for a happy life. Wow. You wouldn't have thought that, eh? You would have thought, well, maybe if I had a good job, maybe if I was successful, maybe I made a lot of money, part of my house, blah, blah, that, you know, all that. But no, actually, it's relationships. Good relationships make for a happy life, and all of us know bad relationships make for a <clears throat> fairly unhappy life. I've told you this story before, but it's worth repeating, is that a number of years ago that uh, in my previous church, I, my attitudes, I said things that were not right about other, other staff members, other pastors uh, in that church, and then eventually I was on a fast, I think a 21-day fast or 10-day fast, can't remember what it was, <clears throat> and God spoke to me very, very clearly. And he said, you need to go back to these three people and apologize and ask their forgiveness. And I thought, like, what? <laughs> like, I just thought, no, no way I'm going to do that. Uh, because they were wrong and I was right. <laughs> Actually, I was wrong and they were right. <laughs> Truth be known. Anyway, I did. I just found the courage and went back to each one of them. It was really hard to do and just ask forgiveness uh, because I just knew in my heart I had not done it right. You know, and it was only a few short time after that that God opened the door to Church Unlimited. I sometimes wonder if I hadn't sorted some of those things out, um, whether what would have been my future trajectory in my life. Um, you'll always win by humbling yourself. You'll never lose. It's getting pretty quiet now, but I'm going to just keep going anyway. <clears throat> Uh, I'm going to give you a, a, a verse that you will hate, but I'll give it to you anyway, because it's Bible. 1 John 2 verse 11, he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness, does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Woo! Is there anyone you're, that you really dislike at the moment, maybe even hate. The Bible says if that's true, you're walking in darkness. 
and you can't really see where you go. And if you're walking in darkness, you are going to trip up and fall over. But these are strong verses, aren't they? But they're for our sake. You know, we don't want to pretend, oh, well, I can hate someone, I'm going to be okay. The Bible says, no, you're not going to be okay. <clears throat> so sometimes the truth hurts, but the truth also sets us free. I read this statement. Listen carefully. If we're not walking in unity with others, we cannot be walking in full unity with God. Some people say, oh, I love God, I love God, I love God. No, I don't like him and don't like him and don't like them. No, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Do you know what? We can get really spiritual about this, eh? You know, and focus, I just, I'm just a lover of God. I pray, I fast, I worship, but I hate that person over there. No, 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 no. It's not going to work. If you want to be in unity with God, and you know where there's unity, God commands a blessing. You've got to be in unity with other people. Look, having said all this, I, look, I know this is a tough topic. I do know that because I know that sometimes the pain is so deep. The pain is so raw. This pain is so great at what you have faced in your life that to hear even something like this, it's almost like, oh, gosh, leave me alone. But I can't leave you alone because the Bible doesn't leave you alone. <laughs> and these things are to help us move forward. The truth sets us free. All of this is for our sake. It's not actually for the other people out there. Uh, this is so that we can walk in freedom and liberty. So <clears throat> act quickly to resolve broken relationships. Acts 4, 26 to 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. In other words, before the devil gets in, sort the relationships out. So we talked last time about two unhealthy ways to resolve relationships. Number one is you bury it. The problem is it's called rubbish bagging. It, 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 it festers inside of you. Eventually, it leaks out in bitterness and unforgiveness. You know, you've got to deal with this stuff. You can't just bury it. But the other unhealthy way is that you, you just uh, let it rip. You, you, know, you erupt, and you let them have it. And of course, we know that that does a lot of damage. You've got to have real wisdom how to do that. Some people, I'm sure no one in this building or online, actually let rip via Facebook or Instagram or a text or an email. Can I just say that is wrong and do not do it. Not in Church Unlimited, please. We're bigger than that, aren't we? Aren't we? Are we bigger than that? Just say to the, ask the person next to you, are you bigger than that? Well, that's pretty quiet. Come on, come on. It's just not right, folks. It is just not right. Okay, let's move on from here. <clears throat> uh, by the way, if you're sort of sitting back protecting yourself a bit here, um, Proverbs 13 verse 10 says, only by pride comes contention. Like you feel your pride's, your, your contention justified? Well, just check that verse out. By the way, any introverts here? You don't put your hand up. <laughs> because you won't. If you're an introvert, you won't put your hand up anyway. <laughs> but introverts can also develop great relationships. It's proven. Research tells it can be done. So don't let that be an excuse. And also, you're never too old to develop some great relationships. Proverbs 13, verse 20. I love this verse. He who walks with wise men or women will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Have people around you who make you better. Yes. It's massive, folks. Yes. Who have you got around you? 
Who have you got around you? Are they going to make you better? Are they going to improve you? Are they going to take you forward? Do a check on who you've got around you, not just at a distance, but close to you, because they are going to make you better or make you worse. And I see too many people surrounded by the wrong people, taking them down the wrong road. So if you have to change your friends, change them. I think I'm treading on a few toes this morning. Abraham Maslow said in his well-known theory of hierarchy, he said, um, hierarchy of needs, he says that before we can be a person of value and become all God intended or become all we're intended to be, we must have our social needs met. Wow, interesting, eh? We can't do this in isolation. We can't do it outside a community. So we need to be in relationships in a group. We're experiencing caring and sharing with one another. So let me give you three blessings of having your relationships in order before we give you four skills on how to improve relationships. If you haven't heard anything already. I wonder if anyone's heard it, got, already got a key. I wonder, I don't know if you put your hand up, but I hope someone has. So first thing that we can get is healing. Adrian, my wife, told me this amazing story some time ago. There was this elderly lady, absolutely crippled with arthritis. And then what had happened is her husband had left her with three children, and she was bitter and unforgiving. Then something happened that led her to a decision to forgive her husband. She's telling Adrian the story. Once she forgave her husband, she was totally healed of crippling arthritis. And it was, Adrian said it was an absolute miracle. Now, if you've got arthritis, I'm not saying it's because you've got a broken relationship. All right? But just keep in mind that sometimes there's a connection between our physical health and our relationship world, according to Scripture. Secondly, all right, husbands, put on your safety belts here. We're going to get answers to prayer when our relationships are good. 1 Peter 3, 7. You ready for this? Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as a weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. And all the wives said, Hallelujah. It's a connection. Husbands, how you treat your wife and your prayers being answered. However, I'd like to suggest that wives also be loving and kind to your husbands. <laughs> Just saying. Let's even this up, all right? Otherwise, the men are not going to be very happy with me at the end of the service. Are you all right out there? Are you getting this? It's pretty tough, isn't it? Okay, it's true. All right, good. One person said it's true. Number three, what about God's presence and anointing and your relationship world? So the story's told of Edward Miller, who was a leader in the Argentina revival. But when revival broke out in his Bible college and eventually into the whole nation where millions got saved in Argentina, he was heavily criticized. 
so criticized, they finally took his credentials off him and he was deeply hurt and wounded. But he refused to say anything bad about these people. But the problem was that hurt festered in his heart. And he began to realize that the wonderful presence of God and anointing he had enjoyed was kind of lifting off him. And so he began to panic. And so he cried out to God. He said, God. And God basically spoke to him. And he said, you need to write a letter of apology to these people that have hurt you. But he didn't want to do that because he had done nothing wrong. And he hadn't done anything wrong. But what God said is, what God said to him, what you've done wrong is you haven't loved these men or these other people as you should. You know, the Bible says, love your enemies. So you haven't loved them as a... So he finally sorted it out, wrote the letter of apology, and very quickly the anointing returned, the wonderful presence of God returned. Eventually the relationship was reconciled and, be, and he went out and he preached for the very people who were his enemies. Relationship will impacts the anointing on our lives and the nearness of God's presence to us. Wow. All right, so I read this in a book. You can have better relationships by Friday. Who would like that? It's only five days away, only three of us. Who else would like that? Anyone, anyone on the balcony would like that? No, no one, okay. Well, I'm gonna tell you anyway how you can have better relationships by Friday. You say that's impossible. Well, no, it's not, because with God's help, you can do this. In your own strength, you can't. With God's strength, you can help this. And we'll be saying there's gonna be relationship miracles this year, and tonight, we're gonna to go after relationship miracles as well. So let me give you four relationship skills to have better relationships by Friday. All right, I didn't say they're gonna be perfect. I just said they're gonna be better, all right? Number one is change your words and change your relationships. This is massive. Most damage in relationships comes from words. The words that fall out of your mouth. Wars often started by just a few words uh, that are said at the wrong place at the wrong time. So what you say has huge impact. So 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, encourage one another and build, build one another up just as you, are as you are doing. They say encouraging words are like grease to relationship gears. Encouraging words. So you know the root word for encourage from parakaleo is found in the title of the Holy Spirit, which is helper. So encouragement is a sacred calling. Encouraging someone is a sacred gift. It's one of the greatest things you can do for another person, especially those close to you, is to encourage them. You know, can I just want to talk about family for a few moments this morning? We don't often go down this track, but I wanted this morning. I want you to know every person in your home is important and deserves to be treated with love, respect, and granted the right to make mistakes in an environment of unconditional love. You shouldn't have clapped yet because I'm gonna dig a little bit deeper here. All right, so you ready for this, parents? Your children's opinions matter. There was one clap somewhere. It was one of the kids that happened to get into the service. So when your kids say something stupid or do something you don't appreciate, what's your reaction? 
This is critical, absolutely critical. If you indicate that they're dumb or, you know, if you've got a brain in your head or you ridicule them, the damage to that relationship is enormous. They will then reject the values you try and instill in them later on. If you didn't value their opinions, they're not going to value your opinions because you reap what you sow. You could hear a pin drop here, couldn't you? But anyway. So I've got written in my notes here, treat your children with greatest respect. How many of you like to be treated with respect? Yeah. Your children are no different. Treat them with greatest respect. Same respect that you want. Can I go a bit deeper? No one said yes, but I'll go anyway. <laughs> I'm going to go anyway. It's important to say sorry to your kids and ask their forgiveness. Have you ever lost your call with your kids? Have you ever said something you shouldn't have said? Have you? Did you apologize? Did you ask forgiveness? You know, to this day, around our office, I still go around asking forgiveness when I say something wrong. I do. It's just my way. Because I don't want to leave things undealt with. I think our kids, it's, you know, like you've got to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves sometimes. You just have to do that. And I think that's what I'm doing. So <laughs> I'll put in my notes here. You probably should be saying sorry and asking forgiveness probably at least once a month. Unless your children are angels and you're a fantastic parent. If you're not that, I'd say once a month probably you've got it wrong. And once a month I've probably got it wrong as well. So, and you know, when you say sorry or ask forgiveness to your kids, the impact on that relationship is just enormous. You're going to win them for life. <laughs> because they know they can trust you and you know, that, that you're, you're on their side. You know, to truly listen is an act of love. So listen to anybody, you know, family, friends, neighbors, anybody, but listen to your kids. And they want to talk to you, look them in the eye, because it means what they've got to say is important, even though it doesn't sound important, all right? So there's just a few tips on parents and kids and all the rest of it, so let's move on from there. Okay, so we're going to, relationship world, we're going to improve our relationship is both. Number one is you change your words. Change your words and you change your world. All right, number two is get rid of the magnifying glass. It's the biggest one we could find. In other words, the closer you get to people, the more you're going to see their faults. The more you're going to see things that you don't like in their lives. And, uh, and the harder it's going to be to Love them and care for them. Boy, I'm seeing some stuff in here myself and I don't like what I'm seeing. I didn't, I didn't notice that mark there before. I think I need to get some laser treatment. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, eh? You get close to people, the closer you get, you're going to see faults. You're going to see things you don't like. What are you going to do? Get rid of the magnifying glass. And I was so, because what happens is you see it and you just focus on it more and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's, 
then it's a mountain. And so the biggest struggles you're gonna have is the people that are closest to you. And so if we get rid of this magnifying glass, focus on all, uh, magnify their good points. When you see something good in their lives, blow it up, out of sight. Do the same with your kids. See something good in them, blow it up, magnify it. See something bad in them, minimize it. Absolutely, and that's gonna help you do, get, do better in that whole area. You know, here's a thought for you. The people you need most in your life have big faults. Yeah, so what are you gonna do? Because we all have big faults. I have big faults in my life. I really ask my wife. You'll need a long time to talk to her. She goes through the list. But, <laughs> but I have faults in my life. I really do. But sometimes the people you need around you, but we push people away because we don't like a fault. But God is saying, no, 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 that's the person you need in your life to be what God's called you to be. You need them. So don't try and push them away too quickly. Number three is deal with past hurts. Oh, man. Just got to listen to this, please. This is big. All right? They say this, adult relationship problems almost always come from unresolved problems we had as children or youth. So what we do is we bring that unresolved issue into our relationship, into our marriage, into our whatever. We bring that with us, and it affects the relationship. And sometimes we don't know why it's so affected. It's because there's things from the past that we're bringing forward. I heard the story of this missionary couple, South America, doing incredibly well, but the husband and wife were always fighting and arguing. They just couldn't get on that well with each other. Eventually, what happened is that the wife discovered that she had had an experience as a little 11-year-old girl that deeply hurt her, and she brought that into the relationship. And it just caused havoc, chaos. Unresolved hurts from the past, not dealt with, we bring into a relationship, it causes real difficulties. She went into counseling, uh, they discovered what the issue was, God touched her, healed her, delivered her, set her free, and the relationship was made great. In fact, I, was, uh, I rang a pastor this week, and he, had just taken, he, he just said to me that um, he'd been having some real struggles with different relationships and uh, things that were happening, and uh, it was really wearing him out. And so eventually, he, he went for some counseling. And uh, it was relationships even within the church congregation and things like that. And he couldn't work out why. So he went for this counseling. And in the counseling, they were able to pinpoint two events that happened in his life. One, I think, when he was about four. The other when he was about 12 or something like that. Where he'd been betrayed or let down or something like that. I'm not sure. He didn't tell me the details. And he said he got counseling. And he said... The Holy Spirit worked in a healing in his life. And he came out and he said, man, I have been set free. And he's able to go back with his whole, this whole area of his life in a much better place to develop quality relationships. So unresolved hurts, wounds from the past. We just gotta be aware that they can affect what's going on. And we need to ask God to help us to deal with us. All right, one last thought for you this morning is this is develop your EQ. Who knows what EQ is? Not many, you need to find out. It's your emotional quotient. It's your emotional awareness. In other words, it's self-awareness. You're self-aware. And it's the key to relationships, it really is. So you know the impact your words have on people. 
You know the impact your behavior has on people. Yes, some people have no idea the impact of their words, the impact of their behavior. <laughs> In fact, someone pulled me up on it myself actually years ago. I was preaching up at a leadership meeting and some leader came up to me and said, Tark, you need to realize the impact of your words. They're bigger than you, they're much stronger than you realize, so you need to guard how you say things and what you say. And so the EQ, um, emotional quotient, is the ability to understand what your behavior and how it impacts your family, your kids, your husband, your wife, your co-workers, whoever it might be, the EQ. And what they're saying now, listen carefully to this, EQ is more important than IQ. So someone can be really smart, high IQ, but they're not gonna achieve like they should because their EQ is low. And they wonder, why aren't I doing better? Because I'm so smart. (laughs) It's not enough to be smart. In fact, you're better to have high EQ than high IQ. And everyone said? I'm not sure about that. You'll know people around you whose EQ is low. You just know. They, They just fall out with people, upset people, annoy people all the time. You want to go around and ask some people, Am I annoying? <laughs> In fact, ask the person next to you, are you annoying? Now, now, now ask them this, ask them this, do they love you in, their work, in the workplace? Ask them that. Are you one of the favorite people in the workplace? If you're not, low EQ. In fact, let's get rude here, right? Tell the person next to you, I think you have low EQ. I thought I'd better make you laugh, otherwise (laughs) people are going to say that wasn't a very funny sermon. I've got one minute, 59 seconds. So we have to do more than reach out to others. We have to share ourselves. We have to be vulnerable. Let your emotions out a bit in a nice way. Do you know the Apostle Paul, you know the mighty man of valor, you know, he could you know, fight lions and <laughs> he'd get whipped and beaten so many times. But wherever he went, he established these really loving, caring relationship communities. So when they left, they fell on his neck and kissed him. I'd like to have seen that scene. Do you reckon when you leave somewhere, they're gonna fall on their knees and kiss your neck? Probably not, eh? We don't do that these days. That's what they did there. And here's the reason why. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 8. We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. So Paul was high EQ. He had massive IQ. No doubt about that. But I reckon he had massive EQ as well. And he poured himself into people. He loved them. He cared for them. So they they kissed him when he left, and they wept. When I left my last church, no one wept when I left, gosh. (laughs) No one cried. In fact, I'm sure I heard them shouting and rejoicing and celebrating. (laughs) God bless you, sir. We love you, but see you later. (laughs) So I'm not like the Apostle Paul. So... We all know this, but we keep forgetting. 
before people are gonna really listen to you, including your kids, they have to know you love them unconditionally. They have to know you deeply love them. Otherwise, why would they listen? Such an important little factor, isn't it? And we just um, need to keep reminding ourselves. As I wrap this up, do you know one reason people choose one church over another? Often it's because they make friends. That's why we want to be a friendly church. Sometimes it's easier to find a church that preaches the Bible and is good worship. It's great for children. But not one where you can make real friendships. And so because genuine friendships are becoming more rare, sometimes people will choose a church, not because of the preaching or the music or the kids' program, but because they, it's a... It's a community where they can develop genuine friendships and relationships. So we want to keep being an increasingly friendly church. I think we do pretty well there, but hey, we can always improve and do better. So four keys to strong relationships as a musician would like to come and join me. Number one is change your words. Change your words. I think we all need to do that. I certainly do. Get rid of the magnifying glass. Don't magnify those faults that you see. All right, magnify the good points that you see in people's lives. Uh, number three, deal with unresolved hurts. And that's, that's a challenging one. But sometimes just to be aware that, hey, maybe I'm bringing something into this relationship from my hurt, my past, or whatever it is, and I'm bringing it in, and I need, it needs to be looked at, and I need help to get that one sorted out. Um, and then develop your EQ, your self-awareness. Look, there's tests that you can do on that one. I encourage you all, do a test and find out where's your EQ because that's a, probably a major factor in your relationship world is your understanding, your self-awareness in those areas. So, with all of that, may God bless you this year with wonderful friendships and with relationship miracles in Jesus' name. Amen. Close your eyes for a few moments. I hope you're not thinking, was that a good message? How do I rate it? Was it good? Was it bad in between? I, hope, I just hope you're not doing that. I really do. But what did God say to you? What's that one thing that He wants you to look at? in your relationship world. Well, he may have spoken something outside of that because God's free to speak whatever he wants. But what's that one thing that you need to pay attention to? And it's gonna help you moving forward. It's gonna help your relationship world. What was it? Do you need to change your words? Is that the one? Is it getting rid of magnifying glass? Is there unresolved hurts? The problem with that one, you know, sometimes we don't even know they're there. But ask God, unresolved hurts that you bring in. And then maybe it's to develop your EQ, your self-awareness. 
then is there a relationship you need to put right? Now, I'm not saying <laughs> go back to the last 20 years and every relationship that's not quite right, go and sort it out. You'd, be, you'd do that till the end of your life, sit and try and do that. But the Holy Spirit can alert you to maybe one or relationship or two, maybe none, hopefully none, but he may alert you to one or two. You know, it took me prayer and fasting to realize I needed to put some relationship rights with other pastors. I would, never have, I would never have got there myself. So the Holy Spirit had to reveal it to me. Here's another way to look at it. Is this someone you avoid? You can have better relationships by Friday by just picking up one of those things that I've mentioned. Your relationship will can improve by Friday. And that's a fact. It can. Change your words, I promise you. Your relationship will will change by Friday. It's not, not that difficult. I didn't say it's going to be perfect, but it's going to get better. It may just go from a one to a two, but it's going to improve. It can be better by Friday. Holy Spirit, I just invite your presence right now. I know you're here. I know you're speaking. I just ask that everyone will take away one thing, just one thing. Even those whose relationships are good, Lord, they take away one thing that's going to improve their relationship world and take it to even a better place than it is here, than it is right now. Lord, help me to improve my relationship world because it needs improving. It sure does. Mm. I just went through that list myself and just worked out the one I need to probably put a bit more attention to. The Holy Spirit's just working right now, speaking to people. People are making decisions. And even though it's something I said really hurt, don't, don't, don't let that stop you sorting it out. <clears throat> Some of your parents may need to go home and say sorry to your kids, apologize. Or to your husband, to your wife. I want us to stand together, shall we? And I, I'd like us to sing goodness of God. Goodness of God. Let's, because you know, it's, it's a goodness of God that leads us to repentance, <laughs> that leads us to change and transformation. It's His goodness that does that for us. So why don't we just lift our hearts and worship? And you know, even if you've not yet heard something from God, why don't you believe in the next five minutes? That's what we've got. Five to ten minutes, that's all we've got left. Why don't you believe in the next five to the Holy Spirit will say something to you that's going to cause your relationship will to just improve that much more. Let's sing, let's worship. But as you worship, listen for his voice.